I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson, and you know one of the big issues in our country today is the issue of immigration. Uh, And it's been this way as long as I can remember growing up here in Texas and spending a lot of time on the border. Uh, Our border has been porous for a while. Uh, The activity kind of comes and goes with different administrations, different policies, uh, different levels of enforcement. And while we all have our political views on this issue, and that's fine, we can never forget that this is not just a political issue. It is a people issue. Uh, And with that in mind, uh, we're going to look at a new documentary that is out uh, that is very interesting because it looks at the lives of those who are impacted by the immigration issue, people that are trying to come to this country uh, and not always come coming through the front door, if you will. Uh, People who are crossing uh, the river, crossing the desert, risking their lives uh, and I can go on and on from a political standpoint about our failure to do this the right way, but we need to look a little further down the line and see that it has real life impacts on real people. And so we're going to talk to a couple of people involved in this documentary. I'll show you the trailer in a bit. Uh, and, and we're going to hopefully learn a little bit more. And my question for uh, you, uh, for us as the church, as Christians here in this country, my challenge is to look beyond the political and to look at it uh, from the standpoint of what should the church do? How should we respond? Uh, and, and that's what I like about this documentary uh, and about what the people involved are doing. Eric Hoffman is the executive producer of this documentary. It's called Across. Uh, and he is also uh, the pastor, uh, founder of the Story Church down in Houston. He also hosts a podcast called Maybe God. Uh, And he joins us now to give us a little information on this. And a little bit later, we'll talk to someone who is in the documentary, also another pastor. Uh, But right now, Eric Huffman, Pastor Huffman, welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you on the program. Thanks for having me, Randy. So give us a quick overview of uh, Across, the documentary series that's available now, uh, and a little bit maybe of how this even became a thing for you. Sure. I'm a pastor in Houston, Texas, uh, of a new church um, that started in 2015 and has seen tremendous growth. And God's just been so good to us. And a little bit of backstory about me is that I was actually um, a pastor for several years before I was a Christian. So um, long story, (laughs) but, um, you know, I was rejecting basic Christian um, teachings and doctrines like as essential as like the bodily resurrection. But in some denominations, they'll ordain you in spite of that. And so I was ordained and, and leading churches, um, not leading them well or faithfully, but leading them for my own political purposes. I was I was a pretty active uh, social activist on the left. And, um, and so in those days, there were some issues that were very important to me. And um, what's funny is once Jesus got a hold of me in the Holy Land and everything changed and I became this like evangelical church planner, who um, can't stop talking about Jesus now. And um, a lot of that stuff I used to believe in changed. Um, things like what I used to believe about, you know, issues of sanctity of life and uh, 
hmm. and ab- ab- abortion. And um, I used to march for women's rights to choose and things like that. And um, I used to, to march for other issues as well. And a lot of those things I've 180, you know, completely different now. But yeah. but the the heart for the stranger, the immigrant, the um, the outsider, the refugee, all of that is so deeply biblical that I found that that was one issue where at least my heart didn't change. Now, my reasons for feeling the way I feel have changed, but but I've sort of carried this forward. And what I what I found interesting is that once I became part of the the more um, evangelical world, um, at least from the outside in, it looks like to the world like we're anti-immigrant, like like yeah. Christians are are anti, yeah. uh, you know, refugee or anti-stranger, and and um, and that really convicts me as a Christian and as a pastor. Anyway, we started a, a podcast to reach the lost called the Maybe God Podcast in 2018, and it's been incredibly um, successful and blessed and all that to reach the lost. But um, one of the episodes we did first was on the southern border. We're in Houston, so it's a it's backyard issue for us. Yeah. And in this episode, um, we really uh, uncovered some stories of people coming up from Central America who were genuinely fleeing um real life or death situations and in most of these cases it's mamas and their babies and and it's like politics aside and what we vote for aside and you know i think you can have a a, a conservative uh, voting angle on what should happen at the border and still love the people god puts in front of you i don't think yeah. those are mutually exclusive uh, issues and so um once we started telling these stories the response was incredible because the people we're trying to reach with the gospel had never heard christians speak of immigrants in a compassionate way before and uh eyes were being opened and hearts were being softened and we were like we got to talk more about this and so based on that feedback we set out four years ago to start a uh production on a feature-length film a documentary film called across and um, we're so thrilled that earlier this summer, June the 20th, uh, that film became available for the first time in its entirety to the public. So can't wait to share it with the world. Yeah. You know, I, I when I look at it, I've, and, I, and I think I've pretty much always looked at it this way, the, 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 there's one, the political side is a policy thing. It's, it's how do we handle people who are trying to come to this country? And that's where I think, it, you know, you get the disagreements and that, that's great. Let's debate it. But, you you know, we've done a really bad job of it. I mean, even those who, who come legally can tell you it's a nightmare, you know. Uh, and then all the things that come with, with coming over illegally, um, it's just it's abusive. And, and if we look at it just from through that lens, I think you get the dynamics that is sort of in the, in the public eye. Uh, and That's there's right. some reality to that. But do we not have to look at this as a people issue primarily as christians yeah and a biblical one i mean the the biblical mandate to love the stranger mm. and the immigrant in your land is pretty clear and um it doesn't just say the ones that you agree with or the ones that um, you approve of or whatever it's it's pretty clear what that means biblically so if we're going to take jesus and his word seriously it seems like we've got to we've got to be a little more aware yeah. of 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 how we're loving the people god puts in front of us and you know, I happen to believe that a, a, a tighter border policy is the most compassionate thing. And so the reason I vote now as a more conservative political angle is because I think 
an open border is the most hateful thing you can do to people, yeah. the ones we're featuring in a film like this one, because who's in charge now? It's the cartels. It's the bad guys. And and they're having their way with these women and girls and kids coming across the border. And men, too, frankly, coming across the border. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done being OK with that as a Christian. <laughs> so so what are what are you seeing? Because I, I've seen this. Uh, what, what's happening to the people? Because the people come here. They pay a price to get here, uh, and it's they not do. always just monetary, although that extortion is a big part of it. What, what have you seen? Because you've been real close to this. What's, what yeah. is going on? I'll tell you, it took a while to get to these, to these depths in the stories that we were hearing because people don't want to, right. women and girls especially, don't want to get into it, and right. they're, they have to have trust um, through the roof before they'll talk about it. But once you get down to it, the ones that don't have cash to pay on hand, they pay with their bodies um, too often. And um, women and girls, little boys as well. And uh, it breaks my heart. I'm going to start crying on your show right now. It just um, tears me up to think about these people who I've gotten to know and care about what they went through. And um, one woman told us, you know, as the cartel was passing her around, she just looked up to the skies and prayed the whole time. And I just... It breaks your heart, man. And I know that our hearts can be deceptive and our emotions shouldn't govern us. But at the same time, Jesus was moved with compassion. And I think we should be too. Well, honestly, if it doesn't break your heart, I think something's off. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. We should respond with with reason <laughs> and, and do a better job uh, of dealing with the very real issue. I mean, of course, people want to come to a place of opportunity. That's what people want here is opportunity uh, that yeah. they don't have in a lot of other places. Um, from a church standpoint, I don't know. how. What, what's been your experience with churches and their attitudes uh, towards the people that come here? Yeah, it's tough because so many people are being discipled more by their cable news outlet of choice than they are by their by the Bible or by their pastor or whatever. And um, and so we have that to work through. I will say more often than not, Christians um, in most churches are, are willing to hear and are willing to love and share what they've got with others. But you've got the issue of, well, should we should we support and incentivize people that are breaking the law? Mm -hmm. And Romans 13, you know, all that stuff is true. It's it's valid. Um, and uh, and that's why in this film across um, we chose only to feature stories of people who were following the rules. And um, mm -hmm. it's not to say we shouldn't love everyone, you know, whether they got here legally or not, but everybody that featured, that's featured in this film um, came here uh, under the rules. Now the rules are broken. And it sounds like, um, you know, when you hear the stories, it sounds like they did not come legally, but the way the rules are written, um, if you're claiming asylum, you know, you, you come across the border and claim it, and then you wait for your court date. And 90 something percent of the people that have a court date end up being rejected uh, and sent back. And so what we the stories we told are the stories of Christian communities, um, most of whom are like conservative Christian communities taking in mamas and their babies for a time, mm -hmm. getting them to their lawyer uh, meetings, getting them to the court dates. And in the meantime, you know, loving them well, surrounding them with Christian community and love. Mm -hmm and sending their kids to school and and you know giving the mamas volunteer opportunities and they fit into the community so well because a huge percentage of these migrants coming up asylum seekers from central america are bible believing christians yeah 
And that's the big, that for me was the big turning point. And, and for most people and Christians, especially, you start to realize first and foremost, before they're migrants, before they're Central Americans, before they're asylum seekers, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. And that changes the conversation to some degree, or it should. Yeah, well, yeah, it should. And again, I, look, <laughs> the problems with the policies and the, the rules and the lack of enforcement of rules, that's our problem. That's not their problem. Right. They didn't that's do right. it. They didn't make it. They, you know, I, and if, if I lived in a country like that and I was trying to take care of my family and, and, and the safety was an issue, I'd, I'd be swimming that river as fast as I could. I That's mean, right. let's be honest. Um, okay. So many, so many, such, <laughs> so many things. I <laughs> know. Right. Um, I guess, but here, here's, here's my thing. You know, the, it's the good Samaritan who do, do we, did we interrogate the Samaritan to find out why he had gotten beaten up? You know, maybe he'd done something wrong. Where was he going? Well, you know, should he have yeah. been on that road? Or do you take right. care of the person who is in front of you, who is in need? That's right. And for me, I mean, that's kind of the litmus test. It's it's like, <laughs> do we love first? Yeah, before we fear. And I think fear drives a lot of our conversations, unfortunately. You know, are we, we're afraid of, of you know, there being bad guys among the good guys. And that's a are. valid yeah. concern. That's right. There yeah. absolutely are. Um are we afraid of just not having enough resources here to go around? We should feed our own first before we feed others, right? And again, very valid. But the the question Jesus poses in response to the question that was asked of him, who is my neighbor? Um, basically, by telling the Good Samaritan story, Jesus says, you know, to whom are you a neighbor? Like, it's not about who is my neighbor. It's like, are you loving the people in front of you and being a neighbor to them? That's right. And uh, as a result of being saved by the grace of God and given this free gift from above, um, you know, just extending that love to, to the people God puts in, in front of us. And I'll tell you also, um, from a ministry perspective, what we've seen beyond just the direct help we've been able to provide to our brothers and sisters in Christ coming up from these other countries, it's a huge evangelism opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, because people that believe Christians are hypocrites. Um, the only thing that's going to change their minds is seeing evidence to the contrary. And if all they ever see is that Christians are anti women's choice, they'll say, you know, Christians are, are anti whatever they, they pick your issue. Right. right. Um, and yet, uh, here we have a chance where the Bible's clear on something, uh, where no one else is really doing a very good job of loving these folks. Uh, in a meaningful way, and we have a chance for the church to step up and be the church and say to the world, this is what it looks like. This is Acts 2 style church. This is who we really are. Mm -hmm. And it's really compelling to folks that are on the fence and unsure about, about Christianity. So we've seen people come to faith in Christ through the stories that we're telling at our church, um, the stories that are featured in Across. Yeah, well, and that that's wonderful. But, but most of all, we should do it because Christ commands it. Amen. <laughs> you know, That's right. Like, simple as that. Simple as that. It's not that hard. That's okay. Right. So I want to show people the uh, the trailer here uh, in just a second. But I'm, I'm just curious, as the executive producer of this and a pastor, someone who's been working in this area, when people watch this, what, what are you are you trying to change your mind? Are you trying to change your politics? What it was sort of you know what is what is your bottom line? desire for people when they watch across 
Yeah, I know that's uh, that's everybody's first sort of inclination because we're always being worked. We're being worked <laughs> over by media. We're being worked over by politicians, and always in every conversation, it seems like somebody's trying to manipulate us and change our vote. We don't really care how you vote. I don't care how you vote. I care why you vote. Um, you know, it, whatever policy you support, I, I care that it's connected somehow to your understanding of the grace of God shown to you in, in Christ Jesus. And so, whatever policies you support as a Christian. Um, the, the why is more important to me than the what. So no, we're not trying to change anybody's votes. I hope that the film changes people's hearts and, um, and it, it, it improves some of the conversations we're having in churches about, uh, first of all, just what a blessing it is to have been born in this great land and how often we take that simple grace for granted. And uh, what you said earlier is spot on. If any one of us was in the spot that these parents from Central America are in, we do the same exact thing because we love our babies. Yep. And so all of that leads to better conversations, I think, that that are in some way connected to discipleship. And we are just should be all about discipleship at, at the church. And so growing deeper in our faith and in our understanding, the way that we share Jesus with the world, um, that to me is the is the best possible outcome of church groups and Sunday school classes and families watching across together. Uh, I I really hope people will take the time to watch uh, crossdocumentary.com just to uh, gain a better understanding of the situation. And I I do believe that as a Christian, when you watch, when you see really what's going on, it, you set the news and the politics aside for, sec, for a second and and say. What's my response as a Christian? I, I, it better be compassion. I think it was a heart check right there if it's not compassion. That's right. uh, but That's uh, right. Eric, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you doing this. This is a little. Uh, there, there's some courage required in, in this one. Yeah. Thank well, you, Randy. Thank you, brother, for the opportunity to talk about it. I'm really, really excited for folks to see it, and they can just go to acrossdocumentary.com and and purchase it for 19.99 as of uh, as of June 20th uh, world world refugee day uh, earlier this summer so oh, yeah. I'm really grateful grateful for the chance yeah I didn't, I didn't catch that on the release date but yes okay so we're going to talk to John Garland who you'll see briefly here but but first I want to show you this is the trailer uh, this is across an extraordinary number of migrants crossed the US Mexico border over the weekend Nearly a thousand people crossed the Rio Grande on Sunday night alone, stretching an already taxed border. And in Arizona, footage showing hundreds of migrants illegally crossing. Why don't they just follow the law? Could they even be Christians if they've broken the law? I think perceptions of people in the area is only what they see on the television. There are high rates of femicide in Central America. It really is tantamount to modern day slavery. The people that are seeking asylum and other forms of legal protection, they're the victims. Yo viví una vida de mucho sufrimiento y mis hijos también. Él iba, los iba a matar a nosotros porque, porque él siempre me decía que yo no valía nada. The journey north is horrifically treacherous. Rezaba mucho por mi hija porque era muy pequeña, tenía 10 años. Hay unos maderos allí del río. Si los agarran, nuestra familia tiene que pagar mucho dinero y si no los matan. Digo que de nuestra comunidad, siempre digo, la, la gente mejor 
es la que se ha ido en nuestras comunidades. Pidía a Dios que me diera esa oportunidad de entregar a mi hijo a la migración para salvar la vida de mi hijo. Every time they do a check-in, they're meeting with a deportation officer, which is really scary because they're always on that edge. Y me decía mi mamá, hija, pero ¿y cuándo te van a entregar a tu niño? Mamá, no sé cuándo. We see the news and we forget that it's moms and daughters, you know, the human side of it. I felt I was a committed Christian, but the walk changes because the experiences you have with people from another culture. We have received families who have lost absolutely everything, who have been mistreated and attacked, and they're still praising God. That is faith. That is the documentary, Across. You can watch it now at acrossdocumentary.com. And, and I really would, again, I would urge you to, uh, we just, the church needs to hear this. We are talking about people. We are talking about our response as believers to people, whatever, whatever their situation uh, and motivation and reasons. And uh, it, we have a response that is more basic than the politics of this. So to, to talk about this, uh, I've got John Garland, whom you saw in the trailer there. He's a lead pastor of the San Antonio Mennonite Church, which is in, obviously, San Antonio, uh, where, I mean, this is a lifetime issue if you're anywhere in Texas, especially the closer you get to the border. Uh, John, good to have you on Life Today Live. It's great to talk with you. Thanks. So from your perspective, I mean, this is, you're, you look younger than me, <laughs> but still, it's a lifetime issue, is it not, for anyone living here in Texas? I mean, what's, what, do, what do we need to hear? What do we need to know uh, in order to handle this right as a church? Yeah, it is a lifetime issue. This is, this is the shaping story of our state. It's the shaping story of our region. And it's, it's, stunningly, it's the shaping story of the church um, and the, you know, the large C church, the, the idea of um, us as a people together, um, as us as a people pilgriming, um, as us a people on the way uh, together, uh, but engaging with uh, the powers and the principalities, the, 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 the powers that hurt families, that rip them apart, um, that attack um, the leadership and those who are seeking the good of the city and seeking the good of the community. We're watching this happen um, on a large scale, of course, across this continent, but also on a, on a small scale within our own communities. So when, when you deal with uh, families that, that come across, I, I don't know, so what are some of the misconceptions you think that uh, a lot of Americans have when it comes to uh, uh, immigrants, whether they're crossing legally or illegally? And I know the ones you're talking with in the film uh, are all trying to, trying to abide by the crazy rules that we have, but you know, what, what are maybe some of the misconceptions that we need to undo? Well, I would say one of the biggest misconceptions that I have have had um, and we as a church have had is that we are serving the needy. Um, I think it's really easy to see someone who is impoverished, uh, to see someone who's lost everything to save their family uh, and see them as the needy and us as the provider. And I think that is a deeply dangerous place for the church to be. Um, and first and foremost, we're not trying to save the world. We're just trying to serve the savior of the world. But in this case, when you meet immigrants, you realize 
um, they are not the needy. In fact, they are they are walking out of an abundance of faith. Uh, they are walking out of an abundance of love, um, and they have experienced miracle upon, upon miracle. And um, in, in a lot of ways, we've been transformed by the faith stories. We've been transformed uh, by the faith of these families. Mm-hmm. And instead of them being the needy, uh, they are in this in this bizarre way that Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount and in Matthew in the Sermon on the Plain. They are blessed. They are they are um, they are holding uh, this promise, uh, receiving this faith uh, from God. And we, we it's, it's seen them less as a uh, caravans of the needy and more like the Pilgrim Church, uh, more like these who are walking the way. Yeah. So um, I understand the spiritual aspect of it, but certainly isn't there a, a oftentimes a physical need, whether it's shelter or food or something like that? Yeah, and that the physical need and that the shelter, that all, oftentimes, is, as we all know in the church, that's the easiest thing to take care of. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. um, I think, you know, you see that in the in the transformation of the lack um, along that lake shore where, where the loaves, the small loaves and fishes mm. become an abundant feast. That's That's the easiest thing that God can take care of. Um, but what is what is really powerful is this experience of uh, relationship um, and experience of family, um, be- becoming faith family with our brothers and sisters. I, so I, I really want to ask you about that because I've been in Mexico in small towns where you wouldn't go as a tourist um, and, and seen the devastation a lot of times. And this has been decades ago where all the men of working age, if you will, uh, have left the town uh, to come to the United States to work to send some money back. Uh, and that's long been the story, um, the relationship between Mexico in particular. Now, I know we're dealing right now with it's way further than Mexico, but the separation issue, and I don't mean like the our government separating families, that's usually just very temporary, but the when when people immigrate, when they come over, whether, again, legally, illegal, doesn't matter, you oftentimes do see a separation of family. Uh, how does that impact the people that you've seen? I think, you know, that is absolutely devastating for families. It's devastating for communities. Um, in, in, when we talk about macroeconomics and how macroeconomics divide families because people are leaving to work, um, then there's sort of the micro experience in some of these little towns in Central America mm where you have the business owners and the leaders of the community are specifically being targeted by these extortion gangs. Um, Or if you go further south, it's it's people who are advocating for change, who are targeted by Mm -hmm. uh, corrupt officials. Mm -hmm. So you have, um, uh, it's, it's almost, it's less of a economic pull um, that you get from macroeconomics and more of a really acute push like an attack. I remember vividly talking with one of the pastors in this tiny little mountain town in Honduras. And he's like, brother, we've lost every leader in our church. Mm. Every leader in our church has been attacked and they've been pushed north by the gangs. All of the gang, all the gang, all the little businesses, all the little business owners, everyone who's trying to make it and make our community a better place, they become targets and there's no one for them to turn to. Um, and I asked him, like, how do you deal with this? It's like, it's so hard. We pray. Um, and he, he, a couple months after I visited with him, he was gone. 
because of a, an experience he had with these with these extortion gangs. Um, these and it's like it's like what we would experience here in, in the in the United States is street gangs, but they they make their living by threatening people uh, with violence or their children with violence, demanding money until um, there's no, there's nothing else to uh, provide. Now, help help me out here because my perception, uh, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong is that uh, the people that do make the journey across Mexico, especially when you're talking from places like, like Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, they're, they're paying criminals to get here, are they not? Yeah. You have to, every, every uh, point of transfer, you either have to pay a kidnapper or you have to pay uh, you know, someone who is uh, a smuggler okay. or you have to pay government officials. Okay. Um, so so they're, they're leveraging everything they own, selling their homes, selling their vehicles, selling their animals, uh, to taking out loans um, from family members to make this, this journey. Okay. Um, it's economically devastating. It's an economically devastating how, thing. How, how many of them are stuck paying them even after they get here? Uh, every single one. Um, every family that I've met is is in in significant debt um, to family members, or they're paying off, you know, a lost home, or they're providing for family members who've been left behind and have no one to provide for them. So are, there's a there's a dramatic pull. Are they still paying the the coyotes or the other criminals or government? If anybody along the way, uh, are they still paying? Them? No. Yeah, those folks don't take credit. <laughs> in, in my experience, that they 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 require everything up front, and okay. so that the the indebtedness generally is coming from other impoverished um, okay. or vulnerable populations. That's that's been my experience. It, is there any merit to the idea of ending this this caravan of pain and and doing more to fix the problems in country? Yeah, I think a lot of times politicians are talking about that, um, and they're they're looking for for uh, partners. They're looking for trustworthy governmental um, agencies that can help make something like that happen. There must be there must if anyone spends any any time in the immigration system, they're always you know banging their head against the wall saying there must be a better way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the most important things that we can do as a church is bear witness to the people who are being affected mm -hmm. by this mm -hmm. this horrific loss uh, this horrific lack of structure and policy it's easy to let a silly policy go by if you don't realize who it's affecting but when you see and this is what the church needs to do bear witness that these are our brothers and sisters these are families these are fathers and mothers who are doing anything that it takes to save their children and invest in their children's future uh, and therefore the urgency is not a political urgency mm -hmm. uh, it is a spiritual and social urgency um, to respond in the same way we resp respond to hurricanes um, along the coast mm -hmm. and uh, fires mm -hmm. out west in the same way we respond uh, with urgency to um, inflation mm -hmm. uh, this is this is a this is a dramatic urgency to respond to the the desperation of our brothers and sisters. And you, you being from uh, not too far from the coast, you know when there's a, uh, a hurricane that, that comes up the Gulf and hits, nobody asks whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or whether you're you know, rich or poor. You just help the guy in need. And, I, you know, it. I don't think we should abandon 
the the political discussion uh, or having an influence there because it's all intertwined. But but like you say, there's a there is a response we have to have as Christians to the people who are hurting, uh, and and that I think is too mo- too often the forgotten part, uh, which is what I appreciate about your your documentary. It's pointing it out. What would you say to to Christians, even the you know many of whom, if not most of them, who are you know evangelical conservative, uh, they want to secure border. You know, what what do we need to do, even while holding maybe to some political positions that I you know I don't know uh, set set aside for a second. How do we respond to the people? Yeah, I think that's a that's um there are very few parts of scripture. Uh, especially the Hebrew scriptures that are written to a people in power. Most scriptures are written to the people who are enslaved, mm. who are oppressed, who are impoverished. Most scripture is written in the New Testament is written from prison, um, <laughs> from, from the, the powerless. But those parts of scripture, those passages in, in our ancient scriptures that are written to the people in power, oftentimes will remind the people you were enslaved in Egypt. Remember that you were a stranger. Mm. Remember that you had no home. Remember that you were powerless. That happens over and over in those passages that are directed at those who, that short-lived golden era when the people had power. Um, and and that's something that we have to hold on to as an American church. Uh, we we have sometimes this illusion that we have a lot of influence and that we're the center of this story. Um, and uh, I think that makes God chuckle, um, but also reminds us, remember where you came from. You as a people, the large P people, um, you had nothing and you were powerless. Your deliverance came from me. And when you respond to the stranger in that strange liminal space between they are the stranger and they are my family, mm-hmm. when you respond to that stranger, remember your utter dependence on my grace. Mm-hmm. Remember your utter dependence on my provision um, and, and, that, and my, liber- my liberating provision. And I think if we approach any, any issue, any political issue from that stance, we're in a much better position to respond faithfully to the good news yeah, last um, and to bear witness to that good news. I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, last question for you. Um, in your work over the years uh, and through the documentary to a degree, uh, how, how has it changed you? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's important to um, uh, step back and see yourself as not the center of the story. It's a really easy thing to fall into, especially within our culture, um, our sort of mildly narcissistic culture where we're the center of every post and the center of every, you know, social media sharing. Um, more than it's mildly. Imp- it- <laughs> <laughs> You're generous by saying mildly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's important, though, to have sort of a discipline in which it's not about your ministry. It's not about my ministry. Mm. Um, it's not about the good work that we're doing. It's not that we are the hands and the feet of Christ. It's that we are serving and anointing the hands and feet of Christ, the crucified, the pierced, uh, injured hands and feet of Christ. And we're not the center of the story. Mm. And thanks be to God that we are bearing witness to God um, and God's grace, who is the center of the story. Those are humbling words, my friend, and a good reminder. 
um, John, thank you. Thank you for your time and, and, and energy and, and commitment to serve. Uh, it, it's, a it's a good reminder. Uh, and it is, uh, it inspirational, but I think humility is the word that comes to mind the most. So thank you. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? It's really wonderful to talk to you and, and talk to your viewers. Blessings. Well, thank you, sir. Check it out, um, people, across documentary.com. You can go watch all of it right now on the website. Um, and when you purchase it, you will be supporting a lot of good work. Um, and take them, let it drive some introspection. Um, hmm, we need to do it better. We need to step up uh, and remember who we all serve as we serve one another. Uh, so do check that out. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, hit like, share, follow, subscribe, all those good things. Uh, and do it do it today if you can. Across documentary.com. We'll see you next time here on Left Today Live.